0: This is ARC Production. Yo, 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 yo! welcome back to the robson sportscast episode 21 if the robson sportscast was a college student you could officially get drunk now (laughs) thank you for tuning into this week's edition we got a lot of sports chat to get into let's go ahead and cut the music and get right into it let's start off this week's episode with a little college football chat i don't talk as much college football as I would like to on the show. And that's kind of surprising since how much I love and adore college football. But this past week has been absolutely crazy in college football. So let's start off with this one here. Number eight, Florida takes down number five, Georgia in Jacksonville. Giving them the inside track to the SEC championship game. Now as most of you loyal listeners to the Robson Sportscast, now I'm a huge Florida Gators fan. So let's talk about Georgia first. Because I have I actually have more to say about Georgia than I do Florida. Georgia may be the prettiest mess in college football right now. Here's why I say that. The defense, despite the injuries, is still really, really good. They just ran into a buzzsaw with Florida's offense. Florida's offense is unbelievable, but we'll talk more about that in a second. The issue with the Georgia Bulldogs is with the one position you cannot have an issue with. Especially in football today, and that's quarterback. They played two of them against Florida. Both of them played awful. I think it's Dewan Mathis, Dewan or Dwayne, one of the two, and Stetson Bennett the fourth, the mailman, as people call him. which when you play terribly in the second half against Alabama and after, I don't think you deserve a nickname like the mailman. I don't know, you know if I was playing good, I want a crappy nickname like that, but Georgia fans, am I right? <laughs> A little bit of the forward fan coming out there. A little trash talk. I'm still feeling kind of good after that win. But anyway, at this point for Georgia, both your quarterbacks are struggling. I asked the question, where the Sam Hell is JT Daniels? JT Daniels, transfer quarterback from USC. He's just coming off an ACL tear, so I kind of believe that's probably why he's not playing right now. But at this point, what do you have to lose? You're 4-2. and Your only hope of getting to the SEC championship game is if Florida loses two football games. Their schedule remaining now, Arkansas, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, Tennessee, LSU. They're not losing another football game. There's no way that's happening. With that offense, no way. None of them have the defense to stop them. So, you're not going to make it to the SC Championship game. but in JT. Because now you're looking for the future. Because recruits are going to look at what Florida is doing right now. If you're, say, a recruit is thinking about Georgia and Florida. Debating between the two. Which a lot of players from the from those two states do. Looking at Florida. They just beat Georgia. Really, in the end, shellacked them. They beat the crap out of Georgia. They see that, and Florida is trending upwards. And they're like, man, I like what's going on there in Gainesville. And they look at Georgia, and they see quarterback issues. They see maybe a program on the decline since the departure of Justin Fields to Ohio State, which may, has turned out to be Kirby Smart's biggest mistake, choosing Jake Fromm over him. I'm a recruit. I know which one I'm picking right now, and that's Florida. They are the hottest team in college football, in my opinion, right now. So this becomes less of an issue of quarterback and more maybe an issue of coach. Kirby Smart. His seat's getting a little hot now. Because as much as he struggled against some other guys like LSU, who was just a buzzsaw, Alabama, who he had terrible coaching decisioning with, Now he's losing to the biggest issue in the SEC East. and That's Florida, his biggest competitor. The arch rival, basically Satan himself to Georgia fans. And by the way, feelings mutual Georgia fans. Kirby Smart, you're in a dangerous position right now. Your job may become a bit of a question mark. Now I want to talk a little bit about Florida too. Dan Mullen finally got that win. So, for the past two seasons he's coached at Florida, there has been really one hump he cannot get over, and that was Georgia. Now, his first season, they lost the Missouri game right after Georgia, which probably would have negated the importance of the win against Georgia that year because Florida had already had a loss in the conference to Kentucky. Georgia did not. So that probably wouldn't really matter. But last year, that was the one thing that kept them out of the SEC Championship game, was a loss to Georgia. So that changes things. Florida is now on the inside track to the SEC Championship game. And not only is Dan Mullen coaching great football right now, the defense has improved drastically which was the biggest issue. And as a fan, I was kind of looking at Todd Grantham, our defensive coordinator, and be like, dude, what's going on here? The talent is there. I know we lost a lot of guys. Jabari Zaniga, John Grenard, CJ Henderson, who was a first-round pick. Yeah, we lost a lot of guys, but talent is still on this roster. Why is the defense so bad? Giving up over 30 points per game. But then Florida got hit with COVID. They had three weeks off, and this defense looks brand new. This team looks brand new. So, huge credit to Todd Grantham there. But there's one guy for Florida that I believe, in my opinion, is the Heisman favorite, and that's Kyle Trask, their quarterback. 1,815 yards and 22 touchdowns. He is the first quarterback in SEC history with five straight games with four or more touchdown passes. Mr. Joe Burrow, last year, the Heisman, didn't even do that. That's how good Kyle Trask has been. Actually, Kyle Trask broke one of Joe Burrow's records. Most touchdown passes in the first four games in SEC history. Kyle Trask had 18, while Joe Burrow had 17. Kyle Trask, also in that Georgia game, threw for the second most passing yards in Florida history. I think you can guess who has the first, Tim Tebow. And Florida right now is in position to get a playoff spot. Now, a lot has to happen, and we'll talk about that here in a bit. But where is the respect for Kyle Trask? I listening to Get Up earlier. ESPN, very early morning show. Todd McShay was talking about Mac Jones taking the Joe Burrow leap. I'm like, okay. But we're just going to ignore what Kyle Trask is doing. Breaking Burroughs records? I mean, I understand Mac Jones is a good quarterback. I kind of said, predicted that. I like Mac Jones. But come on. Between the two, I'd take Kyle Trask. Because he doesn't have five-star receivers all around him. Now he's got a couple. I believe Trayvon Grimes was a five-star. I think that's probably it. I think Justin Shorter was, too, the transfer from Penn State. But all around, Mac Jones is five-star talent. Now, again, that's a virtue of playing quarterback in Alabama. But still. Now, Trevor Lawrence, I understand. Trevor Lawrence, best quarterback in the nation. Has missed a couple games with COVID, but I understand. Justin Fields has come up a lot. He's played... A couple games, and he's been good, but he hasn't played anybody worth a damn. You can argue Penn State, but they're 0-3 right now. My opinion, you ask me who's winning the Heisman? I believe right now it should be Kyle Trask. But they won't, the media won't tell you that. Just look at the stats, and Kyle Trask has his name around every single stat. Kyle Trask is a damn good quarterback, and he's getting a lot of disrespect. Now, I'll talk a little bit about the playoff picture. It has drastically changed. With this game right here. Number four, Notre Dame stuns Clemson in double overtime. I don't want to hear anything about Clemson's injuries. Their defense didn't show up. I don't want to hear jack about injuries. Next man up mentality in a game like this against the number four team in the country in South Bend, one of the greatest home field advantages in college football. And you don't show up for the game. If I'm a guy, some guys are injured, I'm coming in against this big of a team. I'm fired up and I want to go make a play for my team. Clemson's defense didn't do that, they laid an egg that game. They were awful. Now, credit to Notre Dame. They had a great game plan coming in. But injuries are no excuse for Clemson. They should have won this football game. And say what you want about the injuries. Of course, there was one big name that was out, Trevor Lawrence, due to COVID. I'm starting to see something with Clemson here. That Clemson is a room full of cogs with Trevor Lawrence being the engine. What are those cogs without the engine? Just pieces of metal. Just parts. Trevor Lawrence is Clemson football. Let's be real here. Now, understand the backup quarterback, DJ something-other. I'm not even going to try and pronounce his last name. He played a good game. But in that overtime, he took two bad sacks. Trevor Lawrence wouldn't have done that. Trevor Lawrence is Clemson football. Now, as big as a win for Notre Dame as this is, they're 0-5 under Brian Kelly and against top five opponents. The biggest question mark here is, does this change anything in the polls? And I don't believe it does in the future of them, in the college football playoff picture. I don't think it changes anything. Now let's talk a little bit about the playoffs. I believe Notre Dame and Clemson will both be in it. I believe Notre Dame's going to run the table, and I believe Clemson is too now that they're going to Trevor Lawrence back. That means those two are going to meet up again in the SEC... At, at, ACC championship game. Which I believe Clemson will win because they have Trevor Lawrence. So that would have Clemson a one loss ACC champion and Notre Dame a one loss to the ACC champions which they also beat. So I believe those two would get in. Ohio State is probably a team that will get in. But if I'm a college football fan watching, I don't expect anything other than just getting in. Because they play nobody in the Big Ten. The Big Ten is an awful conference. They got Indiana, and then the schedule is easy-peasy from there. You can argue Michigan, but come on. Jim Harbaugh's not going to win that football game. He doesn't win against Michigan State or Ohio State. He doesn't win against them. So I believe Ohio State will get in, but probably lose in the first round, and I believe Alabama will get in. Now, there are two wild card teams in this. Florida is the first one. Florida is in that really rough position. They have to win out, plus the SEC championship game against Alabama. That comes a virtue of that early loss to Texas A&M. When they lost that game, it has to be win or go home for them. I don't think this... This team is great, but I just don't believe they are ready for Alabama because Alabama is another... Freaking level of football talent. Now, Florida could win that game. I believe in terms of the SEC East, I believe Florida has a hell of a lot better chance than Georgia does of beating Alabama. Because with Florida's defense improved and the offense that could score 40 on anybody to the point where you need to score 40 to actually have a chance of beating these guys, it's a question mark is, is Alabama's defense for real? Because they gave up 48 points to Ole Miss. Not saying, I'm saying, I have saying it right now. Alabama will probably beat Florida in the SEC championship game. But the Gators have the best chance of anybody to beat them. If they beat Alabama, they're in. And I believe probably Alabama will still get in too. That means they'd be a one-loss team again. And they're one loss to the SEC champions. So Alabama will probably still get in. The other wild card that a lot more dominoes have to fall here is Texas a and They're playing amazing football right now. They have one loss, and that's to Alabama. So what has to happen here is Alabama has to beat Florida. That pushes Florida out. They'll be a two-loss team at that point. That pushes them out. That'll make Alabama go in undefeated. Probably the number one team, or two, depending on Ohio State, how, how Ohio State does it. The other domino that has to fall is Notre Dame. Notre Dame has to choke one game and then lose to Clemson. That puts them at two losses, and I believe that kicks them out. Two losses would be to somebody they probably should have beaten in Clemson. So they're out. Clemson's in. a sneaks in as a one-loss team, and the one loss being to Alabama. But I don't believe that that's going to happen. It could, but I don't believe it will. So I believe right now, as we stand right now, I believe when it comes, Down to it, I believe number one will be Alabama. Number two, Ohio State. Number three, Clemson, and number four, Notre Dame. I believe that's how it's going to shake up. Interesting matchups, yes. It would put Alabama and Notre Dame against each other, and then Ohio State-Clemson against each other, I believe. Be some fun football. Be some fun football. But, do not count out what Florida and AM bring to the table here. Now, I understand there's teams like BYU and Cincinnati who are undefeated right now. They don't play anybody. They're in terrible conferences. They're not going to get votes. They're not going to get in. Unless a miracle happens. A lot more dominoes have to fall, and a lot more people have to lose for them to get in. But quality of opponents matter. And when it comes down to it, I would take a one-loss Florida team over an undefeated Cincinnati team in the playoffs because Florida has played better teams than Cincinnati does. That's just how it goes. And that's what comes down to with the UCF debate from a few years ago when they claimed to be national champions because they went undefeated and beat Auburn in the Peach Bowl. You went undefeated because you didn't play anybody and Auburn was a highly overrated football team. Primarily because they beat the number one team in the country two weeks in a row and they beat Georgia and they beat Alabama. But then they got steamrolled by Alabama in the SEC championship game. But then a reality check came in for that UCF team when they got their when they got their ass handed to them by LSU the year after in another bowl game. UCF didn't get into that playoff because they don't play anybody. And that's not really their fault. They really can't really help how bad their conference is. But the pollsters every single time are going to take an SEC team who plays SEC talent over an undefeated conference USA team. Besides, which program sounds more appealing in a playoff game? Cincinnati or Florida? Cincinnati, BYU, or Texas A&M. I know who I'd pick in those two situations. That'd be the Aggies and the Gators over the Bearcats and the Cougars. But that's just me. That's just me. I'm not a pollster. I don't know what's going through the head. Probably some love for Alabama and Clemson and Ohio State. the power programs and the college football playoff era, all that kind of stuff. But anyway, a lot of shakeup in the college football playoff world. We'll just have to see how the earthquake that was sent through college football with those two games really pans out. Let's move on to our next topic. Yo, know, I can't do it anymore. I just can't abandon them, man. As many of you listeners of the Robson Sports Cast know, I am a New York was technically a New York Jets fan. But it got to the point where I just couldn't take it anymore. And I stated that I was leaving them and leaving them for the Carolina Panthers. And I was committed to this. I actually did buy a significant amount of Carolina Panthers gear. And I'm probably going to hold on to that because that's pretty nice stuff. (laughs) But the New York Jets were the team that brought me into sports. They're the team that started it all. I would not be here if it wasn't for that freaking franchise. And I understand the Jets are off to a historically bad start. They're 0-9. They got a bad coach. Really bad coach. A bad roster. And horrible ownership. I understand that they look like the most hopeless team To ever walk the face of the earth. And I understand that. That's kind of why I left them. I don't think there was any chance they were going to dig themselves out of the hole they've dug themselves in. But. A fine man by the name of Joe Morley. Be sure to check him out. Joe Morley Sports. On Instagram. Probably on other platforms too. Check out his show. Joe Morley Sports Show. Really good guy. Really good guy. Posted this on his Instagram story. Talking about the Miami Dolphins. They started last season 0-9. With a historically poor point differential. And with a laughing stock of the NFL. Since then, they're 10-7. Got their franchise quarterback into a tongue of have an amazing defense in terms of improvement and a ton of draft picks. And they got the coach right with Brian Flores. That post hit me like a freight train. Because I realized with that that there is a light at the end of this tunnel. With the New York Jets. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. They have multiple draft picks. One of them most likely being the first overall pick. Which. Probably. We'll talk about this more later. Probably will end up being Trevor Lawrence. A guy that many consider to be a generational quarterback prospect. They have a lot of cap space that can use to be rounding out the roster. They have a great GM in Joe Douglas that has built Super Bowl winning rosters before. And as much as I despise the guy now for what he has done to this franchise, next year Adam Gase will be gone, maybe even before them. That's the biggest stuff that needs to change right there. The quarterback, the roster around him, and the coach. That's what needs to change. I believe all of that will be addressed in the offseason. Now, a lot of people are saying that Trevor Lawrence will probably stay at at Clemson. Not probably, but some people will just say, hey, he's going to stay at Clemson. There's no way he's coming to the Jets. Now, although that happened with Peyton Manning many years ago, that's not going to happen here. Because didn't everybody say that about Joe Burrow and Cincinnati? People were saying, oh, he's going to stay. At, he's just going to force his way out. He's going to pull an Eli Manning, as some would say. But he didn't. And he's got that Bengals franchise looking pretty freaking hopeful for the future. The potential is there for them. He's not going to stay at Clemson. Because we know good and damn well the New York Jets are going to build a roster around this guy. Unlike and unlike Sam Darnold, who I believe got, as much as I don't like the guy, I believe he got screwed with the situation he's been given with that head coach Adam Gase. He's not going to have a coach to ruin him. Now, let's just say Clemson, I mean, Trevor Lawrence stays at Clemson. Stays for a senior year. The New York Jets can then trade that first overall pick for even more picks. Because then that first pick probably turns into Justin Fields. So the Jets can trade back. Maybe draft an offensive lineman continue to build this roster, and maybe next season they can draft another guy. Or maybe a quarterback will hit the free agency market and they sign him, turn him into a star. You never know. As bad as the New York Jets are right now. As we sit here, they are 0-9. It's for the greater good. I feel like every team has moments like this. Much of the Patriots. But every team has these years where all hope just seems lost. But all it takes is one moment, one defining moment to change it all. For the New York Jets, they have a lot of things that could turn into great that moment. Firing Adam Gase, getting Trevor Lawrence. Hiring a great, a great offensive-minded head coach like an Eric Bieniemy, who I'm not certain on, but who knows? A Lincoln Riley, an Urban Meyer. That's going to happen, but you never know. He's done it before. That's all it takes. Is one moment. To change a franchise. And as bad as it is now, like I said, it's for the greater good, and I'm here for it. Before I do that, I have to issue an apology to the rest of the New York Jets fan base within the sound of my voice. I'm sorry. That I gave up. I hope you all understand it. I know I have a couple of other Jets fans I listen to the show, I talk to them. But I'm sorry. I gave up because I just didn't think there was any hope. But then I realized that a lot of franchises have moments like this. The Dolphins, just a year ago, were in this situation. Now they're in contention for the AFC East Championship. Contention for a playoff spot. It only takes one moment to change a franchise. For the Dolphins, in my opinion, it was trading Tunsil, that big left tackle to Houston, and getting all those picks I changed his franchise. For the Seattle Seahawks, all it took is for that old owner to sell the team. I changed the franchise. Now, not every franchise goes to just the Pittsburgh Steelers, the New England Patriots, those brand names. But every team has moments like this, those dark periods. Now, the Jets have had a long one, but... There is hope at the end of the tunnel and I'm here for it. To the rest of the fan base, I'm sorry I gave up and I hope and pray that you welcome me back with open arms. If there happens to be any Carolina Panthers fan listening, uh yeah, I have some Carolina Panthers gear that I for the right price I would sell. <laughs> Let's move on to our next topic all right so a couple of episodes ago maybe even last episode i'm not 100 certain i can't remember um i did kind of a panic meter with each team kind of it was kind of more early mid-season more than now um but we're going to try and do that again, but change it up a little bit. Now we're going to do the NFL coaches hot seat. I'm going to look at some of the teams that are kind of struggling right now. And rate them on a one to five scale. One being, ah, don't worry about the job. And five being like, okay, if they're not fired by next offseason, God help us all. And we're going to go with that. We're just going to roll with it. Let's do it. Let's just do it. All right. NFL coaches hot seat. Let's start it off really hot about Bill Belichick with the New England Patriots I give that about a 2.5 the squad is not good defensively it's decent but offensively there is not a single half decent weapon there you could argue Jacob, just Jacoby Myers guy but he has one good game and that one good game was against the Jets other than that I haven't heard his name a lot this year Still, a really good game against the Jets. That was a game of his life. Um, and also, you can kind of see that the Cam Newton experiment here has failed. He he doesn't have it anymore. He just doesn't. And I think it's only a matter of time, really, in my opinion, that we see some Jarrett Stidham. It's only a matter of time. From the beginning, when the divorce happened, when. Tom Brady left for Tampa Bay. I always thought that it was more Brady than Belichick. And I thought the people thought that thought Brady was a system quarterback were crazy. They thought the same about me. Look what's happened. Tom Brady has the bucks looking real good. Say what you want about that Saints game. The Saints are a really good football team. While the Patriots sit at three and five. Basically last in the AFC East because there's the Jets there. Now, the positive side for Belichick is he's got a lot of money in free agency. And he's got the draft let's see how he does with that money and that draft before we go going crazy about firing him but his seat is a little warm in my opinion Anthony Lynn coach of the LA Chargers that's a 5 he coaches there's a fine line between coaching conservative and coaching scared Anthony Lynn coaches scared that's not what you want. The LA Chargers have had multiple games in the palm of their hand. And Anthony Lynn's play calling has caused those games to slip. He has made Justin Herbert, who is playing amazing football right now, like a loser. People saying, oh, we can't win football games. It's not his fault. It's the coaching. Anthony Lynn is a decent head coach, but he's not good. You have to at least be good to win a Super Bowl as a coach, and I just don't think Anthony Lynn can do it. And how he's performed in these games shows that. Next up, Mike McCarthy, coach of the Dallas Cowboys. I give him a four. His scheme is outdated, his offense is outdated. It just doesn't work. And being with that said... The offense is not producing. Then again... The Dak Prescott injury... Does not help that at all... Because it was doing just fine. But now this offense has grown so stagnant. There has been no creativity from Mike McCarthy. And I don't think Jerry Jones... Or the players believe in this guy. And there have been statements from players that have remained anonymous that have said they do not feel like the coach and the rest of his staff are ready for football games on Sunday. That's not a good rap to have. So I think Matt McCarthy's days are numbered. Joe Judge, head coach of... The New York Giants, I give him a three. He's th- The Giants are bad. This roster is awful. They're overpaying Golden Tate. Daniel Jones has to run for his life most of the time. His defense has its moments, but it's, again, still bad. I do say, though, Joe Judge's play calling is a bit questionable a lot of times. But I don't think the situation Joe Judge is in, it's really his fault. But it's New York. This is a brutal market we're talking about. So I could easily see Joe Judge being fired by the Giants. And it coming back to bite them. That's just how it goes for them. Imagine, I can, imagine if Jason Garrett became the next head coach of the New York Giants. Oh my God in heaven. Mike Zimmer, coach of the Minnesota Vikings. I give that a four. The Vikings are not like what any of us expected. I thought they were still going to be a very competitive team. I know they lost to the Fawn Diggs. But I still thought this team... Had potential. Sorry about that. <clears throat> oh, this team still could contend for the NFC North. Probably because Mike Zimmer was a good defensive coach. What has that defensive coach done in Minnesota? Second to last, and total yards given up. Second to last. And passing yards allowed. 20th run defense in the league. And they allow 29.3 points per game. And let's be real here what Stephon Diggs is doing in Buffalo makes Mike Zimmer look bad. Could easily see Mike Zimmer getting fired at the end of the year, but you never know. Matt Patricia, head coach of Alliance, that's again a five. His record as the coach in Detroit, 12-27, and one. And that's with, in my opinion, a very talented roster. This football team has a lot of weapons on offense and a solid defense. Not to mention, in my opinion, one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the game today and Matthew Stafford. And he ain't got many years left. If I'm the Lions, I'm getting Matt Patricia out of there as soon as this season ends and try and get what little you probably have left out of Matt Stafford because his career is almost over. Now, there is one man that BMS broke my scale, and I think you can guess. Adam Gase. He should have been fired a long time ago. As I'm speaking, he should be fired. That's obvious what's going on in New York right now. They're tanking. They're trying to secure Trevor Lawrence. So I believe Adam Gase will stay the head coach of the Jets for the rest of the season. They will go 0-16. And that'll be the last we ever hear of the name Adam Gase. Except probably... In an NFL documentary talking about the worst coaches in football. And number one on the list will be Adam Gase. Because, oh my god, this is awful. And he doesn't doesn't even deserve to look at a football field after this season. And whoever gives him another chance, quote-unquote... going to be the next joke of the NFL like the Jets are right now let's go ahead and wrap this show up what a fun episode it's weird now because I recently bought a mic stand um I have one now for my little microphone that I have and it is weird having a microphone this close to my face I'm sure it sounds a lot better, too, because I usually have to, better for my posture, I know that much, because I had to lean over and talk into the freaking microphone hurt my back, but now I don't have to do that, I can sit back and chill with this microphone directly in front of my face, got a windshield and everything, it's sweet, it's sweet, we continuing to grow, baby, next week is going to be another great episode of Sports Chat, this is my man, RC Productions, with the Don't Beat, hitting us out, and this is your host, Alex Robson, signing off.